Hi guys, this is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. All set for the face-off at center ice. And for the St. Louis Blues, that's Red Berenson, number seven at center ice, 17 Don McKenney, and Jerry Melnick, number 16 on the right wing, Barkley Flager, and Jimmy Roberts are on the defense. Welcome, fans, to uh, Let's Go Blues Radio, Season 8, Episode 56. This is franchise episode number 242 all-time. Obviously, I am not coming to you live, and I am not coming to you with Kirk Price and Bill Day. This is Jeff Ponder on his lonesome recording for you uh, Tuesday, March 17th, uh, for a new episode this week. A couple... Items I want to get to pretty early on here. Let's go blues.com shop for shirts and stickers. Make sure you check that out. Also, as we announced last week, and if you haven't seen it yet, hop over to our social media channels. Uh, if you want a jersey, a let's go blues.com jersey, uh, you can message us on any social media platform or wherever you get, I'm sorry, um, or email me at jponder94.com. Uh, at at gmail.com. I don't know how I'm talking right now. I can't talk, apparently. jponder94 at gmail.com. It is very early on Tuesday morning, like very early. Uh, I'm doing this before work, so yes, this is um, it's early, so I apologize for any missteps. I'm, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm also not even having a beer of the episode. It's, it's early in the morning, so I'm drinking a Gatorade Zero Glacier Freeze. To keep myself uh, hydrated while I do this. Um, so again, this is uh, not your typical live show, but I will say that if you're podcasting right now, that uh, I am releasing a video with this over on YouTube. Uh, so make sure you check out the YouTube channel at uh, Let's Go Blues Radio, and you will uh, have a video if you want to see my smiling face, or if you'd like to see any uh, of the graphics I'll be adding. Uh, during the uh, interview that I'll be posting with this episode, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, So I do want to add that uh, we are going to continue having shows every week. I said this last week, and it's the case still. That is not changing. Um, I want to bring at least some smiles to some faces, if possible, during this whole coronavirus outbreak. Um, let's, uh, let's keep talking about things that make us happy and, and, uh, that's what I'm going to do. So we just aren't really sure. And I say we, as in, uh, myself, Kirk Price and Bill Day, uh, we just don't know how exactly this is going to work. So it's going to be a week by week decision. Um, right now this week, Kurt and Bill decided there's not a whole lot to talk about. So we're just going to, you know, leave it up to me to, to come up with something, uh, as I do every summer. Uh, but next week, they may want to come on and talk, so we will see. Um, but uh, we may be having an early start to our summer series and then take a break from it when the NHL season comes back. Let's just let's be positive here. It's going to come back. We're going to see the end of the 2019-2020 season. But uh, let's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, might be starting it early and then just, you know, kind of coming back to it. Uh, after the season concludes in, in whatever manner it's going to conclude, however we figure all this out. Uh, I suggest the NHL just does a two-man sack race on consecutive Sundays until a champion is crowned 
And if you know what movie that's from, congratulations. You are a friend of mine now. Um, so, yeah, as I said, maybe an early start for the past and the future episodes, uh, which is going to include blues alumni and then um, analysts or uh, experts or writers or bloggers or podcasters uh, from across the junior leagues, the college levels. Uh, I've already got a couple people lined up for that. So we'll be talking blues prospects on that. So make sure you stay tuned for the past and future, uh, which is going to be coming up uh, possibly starting next week. But I don't know for sure. Again, this is a week by week decision here. Um, Curtin Bell could be coming back at any time. And I do want to go ahead and throw out, we might be just having people on and just talking hockey, talking past blues, talking about what they're doing with their lives right now to stay involved in hockey. So if you are a semi-famous person and you want to join me for a talk, uh, I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead and reach out to me. Again, my email address, jponder94 at gmail.com, or just find Let's Go Blues Radio anywhere on social media. Send us a DM, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you included. So John Hamm, Jenna Fisher, Andy Cohen, uh, you guys, I am I'm opening this up to you. I know you're listening. So if you want to join us, uh, join me and talk some blues hockey, talk some NHL, tell me what you're doing to get your hockey fix. Come on, guys. I know you're listening. Uh, and not just them. Uh, let's be honest here. You know, I, I, I don't know how much they listen. Uh, I'm going to say they listen all the time because it makes myself feel better. But, uh, you know, if you uh, if you have a pretty large Twitter account or if, um, you know, you're maybe a season ticket holder that everybody knows. Um, and, and I'm ex- excluding Mr. Blue's hat here because we don't want him. Nobody wants to talk to him. Uh, we'd love to have you on the show. Uh, I know there was a radio DJ over at, I think it was 106.5, who had very nicely tweeted out about our show and said that something about how we're the uh, only blues podcast you need to listen to. I can't remember your name, so I'm sorry about that. But uh, yeah, if if you want to come on, uh, we'd love to have you as well. So uh, again, we're just kind of looking to fill some time here. Again, we want to keep some shows going because let's just talk some hockey. Let's forget about what's going on in the world for a little bit and have some fun. And uh, that's why I'm still doing this. It's keeping me sane. Uh, you might be asking yourself, what am I doing right now? Um, well, again, I'm obviously recording a podcast right this moment, uh, but I am quarantined with my wife and son right now. So uh, I am working from home for the foreseeable future. Those who know me know that I had a job or that's what I did. My company was based in New Jersey. I've uh, since moved on. But uh, yeah, I'm working from home again. So it's just like old times for me. So something I can handle, I know for a lot of people, this is hard, it's stressful, it's tough, um, but hey, we'll get through it. My wife and son, my wife's a teacher, uh, they are quarantined till at least April 3rd from school, so this week was uh, the start of their spring break. <laughs> what a spring break it is, let me tell you, everything's closed in St. Louis. Uh, they uh, they are quarantined till at least April 3rd from school, so they've got a couple weeks off as well. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to not kill each other. Uh, I think everybody listening to this can agree that, uh, man, you love your family. You want to be around your family, but let's face it. Hopefully you have a a space you can go to, to be by yourself when you need to. And then vice versa. If you're uh, working from home and you find yourself getting lonely, reach out, make sure you're talking to people. Cause this is, this is tough on everyone. This is, um, uh, a global thing that's affecting every single person. So, uh, hopefully you're staying happy. Hopefully you're staying healthy. Wash your hands. I don't want to be the person to sit here and talk about the coronavirus this whole show. But um, again, it's important that we uh, get past this quickly. And again, so we can see some NHL hockey. because That's got to happen. Uh, nobody wants to be away from hockey too long. Uh, and hey, you know what? I'll go ahead and tell you too. And I'm I'm not doing this as self-promotion. I mean, I am, but I'm not. Uh, if you want to find me on YouTube and me, not the, not let's go blues radio. Um, I have posted a ton of old blues and NHL games from the past, from the nineties, the two thousands, the eighties, the seventies, even. Um, so if you're wanting to get a hockey fix, find me on YouTube, uh, Jeff Ponder, J Ponder 94, not sure how it's going to come up, but, um, yeah, if you just search for, you know, like blues full games or something, a lot of my videos are going to come up. So uh, if you have not seen my YouTube channel yet, you may want to tune in. I know uh, our friend STL Blues History uh, has been tweeting out a lot of stuff uh, from my videos. So 
Um, make sure uh, if you don't know, you can find my videos probably through him as well if you're following him on Twitter. So, uh, again, thank you everybody who watches. Thank you everybody who subscribes. I'm going to keep posting games, especially now, because I think everybody is uh, dying to see some hockey. So I'm going to do everything I can to get more videos up uh, during this whole quarantine situation. Uh, before we get to the interview, I do have one thing that I want to announce. Or not announce, but um, I guess talk about, uh, even though I have nobody to bounce this off of, uh, some Blues news uh, that, that have, has come out since the quarantine. Uh, Blues announced uh, they will pay their game day sta- stadium workers during the ongoing suspension of the season due to uh, the COVID-19 COVID-19 uh, outbreak. Uh, the organization created a Blues Employee Assistance Fund. So if you haven't seen this news yet, it's kind of been the widespread talk of all sports fans. You know, pay the game day staff. Let's see what these guys uh, and gals, uh, let's see them still get paid. Because, uh, you know, they a lot of them rely on that money. Maybe it's even just a secondary paycheck for them. But they rely on that for their uh, expenses in their lives. And so it's been kind of a big push to see teams do this. And uh, I'm happy to see that the Blues have taken part. It's not just the organization. Again, they created this Blues Employee Assistance Fund. Uh, So this was the Blues ownership led by Tom Stillman, Blues players led by Captain Alex Petrangelo, and local local donors. And uh, this one is the big one, led by a $100,000 donation from a Blues season ticket holder, uh, and his name is Andy Frisella. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, they worked together late last week and over the weekend to establish this fund. All St. Louis Blues players made a personal donation to the Blues Employee Assistance Fund. Frisella is a longtime Blues fan and local entrepreneur. Uh, if you would like to give, uh, so fans are encouraged to support the Employee Assistance Fund as well, you can donate by going to blues.givesmart.com or by texting BLUES to 76278. Any excess funding will be donated to local efforts focused on the coronavirus-related issues. Um, So that's amazing. Great job by uh, not only Tom Stillman to step up, but the Blues players, that's huge. I mean, it literally says all St. Louis Blues players. So so it's coming from, there's something coming from every one of them, and that's huge. Uh, so again, great work by them and Andy Frisella, sir, I'm going to plug you as much as I can. I I looked you up and I'm hoping this is you and Andy, Hey, if you want to come on the show and talk, we'd love to have you. Uh, Andy Frisella, uh, you can look him up over at andyfrisella.com. That's Andy and then F R I S E L L A.com. Uh, again, he's an entrepreneur. He's involved in a lot of stuff. I'm not going to read his bio to you. I'll leave that up to you. But I will go ahead and plug him that he has his own podcast. Uh, I have not listened, so I don't want to say that I completely encourage anything he says. Uh, but, you know, he seems like a pretty smart guy. And, um, yeah, Real AF Podcast with Andy Frisella. So if you're interested in hearing from a uh, local entrepreneur who uh, is a charitable person, obviously, uh, I want to go ahead and give him that plug because he's he's fantastic. Good for him on stepping up and making that contribution. Uh, again, Andy Frisella, you can find his podcast, Real AF Podcast with Andy Frisella. So great work to him, great work to the Blues, great work to everybody involved on uh, uh, getting the employees to be paid during this rough time. Uh, so now we're going to get to our guest, so you're not going to have to just look at me this whole time. Uh, our guest is Luke Opilka. He's a former Blues fifth-round pick, He's currently a coach at the Maryville University uh, for the Saints, and uh, he played most notably for the Kitchener Rangers in the Junior League. So uh, he uh, recently, within about a year, year and a half, uh, retired due to hip dysplasia. Uh, He was a goaltender, for those who don't know. Uh, This interview was recorded on December 27th. So I recorded this over the holidays because we typically have one or two shows where Kurt and Bill are busy, I'm busy, so we say, you know what, Jeff, just get someone on the show, record it, and, you know, we did that last year with Jillian Fisher and a couple other people, um, and so I had uh, Luke come on, and it was thought, okay, this is probably going to get posted in a week or two. Well, we recorded a show every single week, so uh, I've just been kind of holding on to this, stockpiling it, and uh, 
this is the opportunity that came up for me to finally release this. So again, this was recorded on December 27th. So if you hear any weird discussion about holidays or anything in there, that's why. Um, the uh, off season is currently ongoing for Maryville right now. Um, we talked, obviously, this was in the middle of their season. Uh, they did lose in the MCH Conference Tournament to their rival, which we'll talk about their rivalry with uh, McKendry. Uh, they lost to them uh, seven to six in overtime to end their season. So unfortunately, they uh, lost to a rival. But uh, you know, again, this is uh, uh, a good market for hockey. So you know, when you're talking about a team like Maryville losing to McKendry and talking about Lindenwood and Scott, not Scott, Scott's roller hockey, but still, all these these areas uh, are these colleges in the area that are having great hockey programs. It's fun to see, and this is something definitely Luke and I talk about. He's a, uh, I don't want to say a St. Louis native, because he's not. Uh, he's from Effingham uh, in Illinois there, but uh, definitely a St. Louis market and um, blues fan uh, through and through. So uh, fun to talk to him. And uh, also keep in mind the season for the Maryville uh, Saints starts back up in September. So when we talk about where you can watch them play and how you can watch them, uh, definitely keep that in mind when September hits. Uh, so I am going to stop talking, bring on Mr. Opilka, and enjoy the interview, folks. This is Jeff with Let's Go Blues Radio, and today I'm joined by former Blues prospect and goaltender Luke Opilka. Uh, Luke spent a lot of time in the, uh, in the ranks of the Kitchener Rangers, as well as uh, the U.S. national team under-18 team, St. Louis Junior Blues uh, AAA team, and uh, kind of obviously uh, being a prospect in the training camps and the rehab with the St. Louis Blues in the past. So he has a pretty good uh, knowledge of the St. Louis Blues, the players, as well as the game itself. Uh, currently, Luke is the goalie coach over at the Mar- Maryville University. Uh, so he is getting a lot of time at that new Maryville University Hockey Center, which we will be talking about later. Uh, before we get into anything, I want to welcome my guest, Luke Opilka. Luke, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, the question that, that a lot of people are probably wanting to ask you um, people who you know knew your your situation drafted by the Blues and in 2015 in the fifth round and kind of on the Blues' radar in terms of uh, uh, goaltending prospects for a while there, but unfortunately um, you had to have three uh, surgeries, uh, two major surgeries, I believe is how it read uh, in the spring of 2016 and then the uh, twice in the fall of 2017 with hip dysplasia. Um, before we get into kind of how that affected you and and, uh, you know, where it brought you after you decided to retire. Um, could you explain to our listeners exactly what is hip dysplasia? Uh, I'll try my best. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of, it's just a congenital disease where my hips just never fully formed. Um, so it left me with shallow hip sockets. And this was compounded by the fact that I had hip impingement, which a lot of people will know about because it's pretty common. Um, but so it just basically made it to where, uh, every time, like my hips would kind of slide in and out of their socket a bit. And that causes a lot of damage, obviously, as you can imagine. And being a goalie, every time you go down, you're kind of, uh, beating up your hips. So yeah, I had, I had, uh, basically they, what they did is I just went in and kind of rearranged my hip socket and, uh, put in like six screws, I think for both major ones and, and just totally just basically remodeled my pelvis. Uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty in-depth stuff, and I was lucky enough to have, you know, one of the pioneers of the surgery in John Closey. So he's, uh, or Dr. Closey, and, you know, I had an awesome medical staff, but, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, so uh, once you were quoted as saying that you may have never known about your ailment if you hadn't played goalie, um, so how much extra wear and tear did this, uh, did playing goalie put into your hip dysplasia, and uh, what was the kind of, I don't know, I guess sensations you were feeling that caused uh, you to get this checked out? Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And I guess I had a, I had a more mild form, um, so it would have it wouldn't have been an issue had I not been a goalie. Like if I was just a player, I probably never would have uh, tested my ranges enough to really do any damage. Um, but you know, and and my I guess my condi- I was once told by a surgeon that my condition maybe ten years ago would have been 
uh, kind of a full stop for like being an athlete and playing sports. But um, like I said, like Dr. Colosi, he, he had helped pioneer a new surgery that kind of gave me hope. And uh, so I was lucky in that, that at least there was a chance and I was able to give it a shot with the, with the surgeries. But, um, you know, I just kind of, it just started out of nowhere. And I was, I think I was like 18. I think it was my first, uh, my first uh, development camp in the summer, the St. Louis development camp. I just kind of felt it, something pop a little bit and, I ended up playing the rest of that season in Kitchener and then I came back and they were like, yeah, you know, you definitely need to get this worked on. This isn't, you know, this isn't going okay. So I had that first surgery that summer and I got back to playing in Kitchener about halfway through and finished that season. And then the the one that I had had done that summer wasn't quite setting right. and I had still having a lot of pain with it. So I had the revision uh, for that right. And then I ended up doing my left while I was down and out with the right, just so I could hopefully take a whole year off and try to get completely healthy and then make another run at it. And I just ended up still having problems. So I ended up getting another revision and then that was it. Wow. Um, so the, when it happened, you mentioned it happened at your development camp uh, and uh, you know, it kind of reoccurred next year. Uh, they kind of noticed, Hey, you need to get that looked at. Did it get worse over time uh, your year in Kitchener or was it just kind of this strange feeling you had when you would uh, make certain movements? Uh, yeah, it kind of just got worse over time, you know, and there's, I, you know, there's nothing I really think I could have done differently. Like I had a great, you know, training, stra- training staff. I was working with Borelli, uh, like Randy Craig here in town. And like I said, I had, you know, some of the top, like one of the top surgeons for any kind of hip in the world. So it's not like, you know, could, I couldn't have had a better opportunity with everything. I just, you know, the way I look back on it, I think it just wasn't in the cards. And I didn't know that back then, but I think I've kind of come to that understanding now that it's just kind of was the way it is. So what's, uh, if, if there's somebody maybe listening to the show right now who uh, maybe thinks they might be suffering from something like this, what's a good symptom for them to uh, to go get checked at? Go, go get it checked out. Uh, just any kind of times where you feel like, like clicking or pinching like if you you know especially if you're a goalie or you if you're ever pushing your hip kind of to an end range and uh you know you feel like a really painful pinch or obviously like popping catching clicking things like that that's it's probably worth getting it checked out because even if it's not a you know a bone issue it could just be a torn ligament or a torn tendon or something that that could get worse over time yeah so it's always good to get it checked out be cautious so how I I mean obviously it was a tough decision to decide to to hang him up but um you know did you kind of question like okay maybe I can go get this other surgery and I'll come back or was it something that after you got the second surgery you said you know what I just don't think it's in the cards for me Yeah because after the fourth right just fourth in about 2 years I just it felt like I would I would be feeling okay I'd be feeling okay and I'd, I'd keep working up the to getting in a full competition and it just would, I had a really major setback and just, you know, it would be really painful again. And, you know, it was just kind of like, it was kind of like running into wall after wall after wall that I just decided it was, it just wasn't going to work. Yep. No, I, I, uh, I, I remember as, as that obviously our situation's a lot different, but I remember myself when I realized I'm just not good enough to play, how upsetting it was like, man, I'm never going to make the NHL, but for someone for you who, who came as close as, as you did and, and have that, I mean, was it something that uh, you really had to kind of rely on family afterward and friends to, to kind of say, you know, Hey, pick yourself back up. Or was it something you said, Hey, I'm just ready for the next opportunity. Yeah. I like to, I like to say pretty positive. So I just kind of, you know, there's one door closes, another one opens. And, uh, you know, as soon as I kind of made that decision that it wasn't going to work, you know, the blues were very, you know, they're, they're awesome about the whole situation. And, and then I, you know, I got in touch with John Hogan and, you know, Jeff Crenshaw and I was, cause I heard they were making up a, a team at Maryville and I've been looking at schools in the area. I had a couple of friends that go to Maryville. So I was like, why not? You know, I knew they had a really good uh, program that I was interested in. And so I just kind of worked out perfectly. I just called them and was like, Hey, are you interested in me helping? And you now they brought me aboard and, you know, it's been going pretty well so far. So can you, recreationally at least, can you still play goal or is it something you had to completely give up? I completely give up. I just, you know, I haven't even tried it yet. So wow. I might pick up beer league as a player or something. Who knows? Can you, can you play out? Are you any good uh, at forward? Maybe my team could use you. 
know, everybody says I got the best slap shot, you know, so there you go. <laughs> That's great. <Just> kidding. <laughs> so you, uh, so obviously, like I said, you, you, you went to Maryville, you chose Maryville, you're studying there and you're also, also helped to help coach with, uh, the program run by, uh, John Hogan, as well as, uh, uh, Jeff Crenshaw there helping you out as the assistant coach. And I guess the, also the, uh, goalie coach as well. Um, what's it like, uh, making that transition from player to student and coach? That's been awesome. I mean, there's a great group of guys over there in the coaching room and, uh, you know, Kevin Gregory and Brian Lowry. And it's, you know, we have a great, great, uh, you know, we're building a great culture over there. And obviously the facilities help. You got, you know, like NCAA D1 quality locker rooms, coaches quarters. It's, it's been a pretty smooth transition actually. And, you know, it's one I've really enjoyed kind of, you know, keeps me busy. I always got school. I always got coaching to do. So it's, you know, there's never a dull moment, which is nice. I like to, like to stay busy. So, yeah. Um, so what does the team look like this year for uh, Maryville? Oh, uh, we're doing pretty good. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, we had, it's, it's the second year. The first year you have what, 22 to 25 new guys that have never played with each other trying to gel. And then the second year we already grew to two teams. So you pretty much have to repeat the process where, you know, half the guys from the first year ended up on D one and they have, you know, the other half's brand new. And then same thing for the D2 team. There's just, you know, half new faces. So it's a lot of, I think, especially in the last, you know, stretch of first semester, we beat most state twice and, you know, went on a little bit of a winning streak. So it's, I think we're starting to turn the page and kind of, you know, everybody's trying to get together and we're starting to make a push. So I think we've got a good group of guys, a good core group of guys that I think can, you know, be competitive for the next two or three years until the next crop comes in. You know, it's, Especially with college hockey, it's always a cycle. So right. I think we're off to a good foot. Who's the uh, Who's the biggest rival for Maryville? Uh, I mean, it's got to be one of the one of the Saint, one of the Missouri schools. So I would say it's probably like Lindenwood or um, you know most state even any, anybody from Missouri really. I think would be considered a rival game. McKendry for sure, hmm. just because. But it's hard. To, you got to develop those rivalries over time. I feel like. Yeah. Um, but. I think we, we go pretty hard against McKendry and, and Linwood, So those are always fun games. So as I said, the the coaches there, John Hogan and, and Jeff Crenshaw, Crenshaw, former, I say former friend of mine, I guess I could still call him a friend. Um, but uh, what kind of game uh, do they coach? And, and if, a, if somebody wants to come see Maryville play, uh, what kind of game can they expect? Uh, we're pretty much trying to preach the, you know, the good old, uh, you know, get the puck deep hip body, stuff like that. A good college style that you see a lot. Uh, you know, we're trying to work on the skills, obviously, but first and foremost, you got to develop the system. So right now it's still been a lot of getting everybody on the same page systems-wise because everybody comes from, you know, different junior leagues where maybe it was a more run-and-gun style and kind of took some time for everybody to realize that you can't play that at the college level and it's a lot more, you know, you got to you gotta put in the work before you get the reward. So, it's it's definitely been kind of a learning curve on that side, but I think John's got a good handle on it. So I think he's leading us in the right direction. So for you, someone who played, uh, you know, pretty professionally up in uh, uh, Kitchener, as we said, and then saw some time, uh, you know, trying out with the Blues, uh, what's the pace been like? Did, like, how different is it for you watching from what you used to see in Kitchener as to what you're seeing now in Maryville? Uh, it's definitely an adjustment. Um, I think for me, it's mostly, uh, I kind of, for more or less, cause I, I just more, more or less focus on the goalies that it's, it's more just, you know, trying to take what I've learned from all the good coaches and just basically try to teach them some of that stuff that I've, that I've gained from like working with, uh, you know, David Alexander and I had a great goalie coach in Kitchener King TC. So, I try to stay away from all the from worrying about systems too much and the paces because goaltending is goaltending. So it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, the shots are a little, you know, a little less pace on them, but, you know, they still need to focus on the same things that pretty much any goalie at any level focuses on. So uh, that's basically what I focus on there as far as coaching. But obviously the pace is a little different. Um, bigger guys, you know, juniors are a little bit smaller, a lot of younger guys. So, um, physicality is different and things like that, but it's, it's definitely a fun brand of hockey to watch for anybody that is interested. You know, we make it exciting. We have, you know, Jeff puts on a great pregame show for each, um, 
before each home game and they work on a lot of that social media stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty fun environment. I think you say that. And I imagine Jeff Crenshaw just kind of get in front of the crowd and wrestling a bear or something. And, and like you see in semi-pro, uh, but uh, <laughs> I'll go ahead and think yeah. that's what happens until I come see a game. You know, I, I wish maybe I'll bring it up to him. There you go. I like I'll that. He, he's a promoter. He knows, he knows how yeah. to, how to work it. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you about the rink itself. So for those that may not know, or maybe don't live in the St. Louis area, uh, the hockey boom is very real right now here in St. Louis. And, um, I want to, I will talk to you about your life growing up in Effingham and moving to St. Louis in a bit, but the boom right now is there's, there's two big rinks that just popped up, uh, over the summer, I guess, right before the hockey season, the Maryville university hockey center being one, um, and then, of course, the Centene Community Center out in Maryland Heights. But, um, you know, you have spent a lot of time now at the Maryville University Hockey Center, which I'll just say on a personal note, I love the fact that Maryville got their own hockey rink. It's named after them. It lets everyone know there's a program in Maryville. It's fantastic. And the rink itself is beautiful. I've, uh, I only went once. I went for the opening day. But it was very cool to see. Very nice arena. Um, you have been there multiple times. You've seen games there. You've been on the ice with players. Um, what can you tell me about uh, the the new Maryville University Hockey Center right there off Chesterfield Airport Road? Uh, it's it's nice. I mean, it's I, I've been to Centene. I haven't seen it all. Uh, I just saw like a couple of the. I went went there for one of our games against uh, Leonard's D two team. But you know, Maryville they have two sheets. Uh, the stands fit around 1500 for the the uh the bigger side but it's i mean it's the, it would have been the nicest i don't know about i don't want to compare it to Centene, but definitely you know it's it's nice it's top of the, it's top quality and you know for the maryville side specifically like i said we have some pretty great locker rooms um you know that i think would rival a lot of nca d1 teams and coaches quarters players lounge i mean it's it's pretty professional setup for you know a startup uh, ACHA team and it's 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 awesome. Yeah, it's great. I mean, like I said, I've I've been there and and uh, I was impressed with just the the way that the rink felt. There was just a, an immediate feeling for me that this is a college hockey rink, and um, that's a that's a great feeling. If anyone's ever been to a NCAA game, those are always fun to watch. So I'm sure it's been uh, very exciting for the players uh, in your as you called it the the kind of startup that that Maryville's had in hockey. Uh, to kind of have their own home rink. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Maryville and, you know, I know John spearheaded a lot of the stuff and, you know, they've done a fantastic job. And in, in my opinion, I think, you know, I, if you would have told me that, you know, a smaller school in St. Louis was going to start up a hockey program and be where they are today, I would have called you a liar because it's just kind of, it's kind of incredible to see that much rapid growth. And I know we have, we went from zero teams to two teams in two years. And I know we're adding a women's team next year. So, I mean, three new teams in three years is pretty crazy as far as growth uh, in, in any college sport, really. I think it's almost unheard of. So, you know, I got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, you know, I know John works day and night on this stuff, and that's his baby. So, you know, I think he's doing a great job with it. So uh, I do want to kind of talk a little bit about you personally. Um, so as I mentioned, you were drafted in the fifth round by the Blues in 2015. Uh, did you know, and, and you being from Effingham, for those that don't know, is – uh, in Illinois, it's what about an hour from St. Louis? Is that right? Two hours? Yeah, two hours. Two, two hours. hours. Two hours from St. Louis. So, uh, would you you would consider St. Louis the Blues your hometown team? Correct. Yeah, we- and I grew up playing all my like uh, hockey wise. I can see myself more from St. Louis. I mean, I I started playing my youth hockey in St. Louis when I was like eight. So it's it's I played. You know, all Good. I've known really is St. Louis hockey my whole life. So it's definitely been my hometown team. When, when I brought you up uh, on one of our live shows, um, one of the hosts asked, well, if he's from Effingham, he could be a Blackhawks fan, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to have him on the show if he's a Blackhawks fan. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to protect the brand. That's right. That's right. Um, so did you know that you were on the Blues' radar when you were drafted in, in 2015? Did you think that being drafted by your hometown team was was really a possibility for you? I mean, I'd hoped. I, I had met with them a couple times throughout that season. Uh, after the all, after the All American Prospects game, I, I know I had a, I think a lengthy conversation with with one of them and uh, Keith uh, Kachuk. Actually, he had coached me in St. Louis for a while, and uh, I know I'd met with him a couple of times. And at that time, he was scouting 
um, all the 97s. And so, you know, I thought there was a good chance. I wasn't sure. Obviously, you, you hope. Um, if I was going to go anywhere, it'd be St. Louis. So whatever would happen, it was pretty incredible. I didn't, I didn't really see it coming. I would just kind of hope for it. Um, again, you uh, you told me a little bit off air about your life as uh, growing up in Effingham. And then, um, you know, I'll just go ahead and let you tell it. Uh, you told me about how your mother uh, made the sacrifice to bring you and uh, I believe you said you have three siblings out to St. Louis uh, and live there during the week so you can get your hockey in. Um, I mean, go ahead and speak to uh, go ahead and give her all the praise you want. The, 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 <laughs> the amazingness that was your mother in uh, getting your hockey career started. Oh yeah. I mean, my parents, you know, both my mother and my dad were, were incredible. I mean, me and my two brothers, my, uh, one brother plays at U of I right now. Uh, my younger one plays for the Omaha Lancers and, you know, we, we owe everything to them. All, all the opportunity we got in hockey was because they put in all that sacrifice. And, you know, before we moved and got a place over in St. Louis, my parents were driving like three days a week, two hours there, two hours back to get us all to practice. And then on the weekends, we would spend all of our time in St. Louis in hotels or what, what have you. And, you know, it, it it's incredible looking back on it, all the sacrifices they've made. And that's not even, you know, to speak about all the money that that costs, uh, all that traveling. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And it's something I don't take for granted. And, you know, all my success I, I had as a player was, was largely due to them. Yeah, I've, I've had people on the show uh, contact us, whether in our YouTube chat or uh, email or just kind of talking on the street of, you know, there's it's, first of all, people talk about how hockey players are, are the greatest professional athletes there are. They're more down to earth. But there's also a feeling of more family for for hockey players and there's more togetherness. And, you know, like Ovechkin had his mom move out with him when he came out here to uh, to uh, uh, the United States. And people ask me, you know, why is that? Well, it's exactly what you just said. Uh, the sacrifices that families have to make to get their their kids to play hockey. I mean, you I'm sure you know when you were up in Kitchener, you know, of kids that were probably uh, living with complete strangers. Uh, what, what do they call them? Boarding parents? Um, uh, bi- yeah, billets. Yeah. Billets. Yeah, billets uh, that, uh, you know, they they take kids in because families can't just up and, and move whenever the kid gets to a new team. So uh, the, the, the sacrifices that families make uh, to me really is what makes this, uh, this sport so great and uh, uh, why it's such a family oriented sport. So I love hearing stories like that about your parents. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they were awesome. They're the, they're the real heroes. Yep. Um, so uh, how many rinks are in Effingham? If there's any zero, there's zero rinks in Effingham. Yeah, no, wow. Zero. So what's, uh, what's your closest rink then? Uh, so the closest one is Bloomington, but it's really only like maybe 15 minutes or maybe 30 minutes, maybe less than St. Louis. But there's just it would make no sense. I don't even think Bloomington had a double A team when I was growing up. So there was no and we wanted to play competitive, obviously. So we, we had to, St. Louis, it was either St. Louis or we go to Chicago. Which Chicago was three hours away. So we just chose, I think my parents just kind of chose the closest one and. That we had met some people because uh, we I played at Fairview for a bit and then uh, jumped over to Afton for most of my youth sports before I played AAA. But so we'd already made some connections with Fairview over in St. Louis, so we kind of just stuck with that side. Nice, um, yeah. You said Bloomington's the closest rink. That that definitely is Blackhawk territory, right? So you want to stay out of there. Exactly. I had to <laughs> stay to the good side. Yeah, there you go. That's that's what I like to hear. Obviously, being drafted by the Blues in the fifth round, um, there was also when you you won a gold medal with Team USA at the Under eighteen World Championships in twenty fifteen. Um, those are just a couple of I'm sure a uh, laundry list of career highlights you have. Is there one that stands out to you as um, your greatest accomplishment uh, as a hockey player? I don't probably probably my favorite memories were. Um... That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> probably, I'd say my time spent in in Kitchener was some of my some of my favorite times uh, time spent. Just we had a great group of guys, and I, I really enjoyed playing in the OHL. And uh, you know, I made some lifelong friends there, as I have other places. But for some reason, Kitchener, I had a great billet family, and you know, it was, it was just something about my time in Kitchener was probably some of my favorite times. Goalies get lit up in the OHL sometimes because there's so much talent uh, on the forward side. And 
did you ever feel like you were going to get buried uh, playing in Kitchener and, and maybe forgotten by NHL teams? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a two, two-sided sword there because there are more chances. So if you have good games, you know, you look really good. Um, you know, but if you have a bad game, it can look pretty bad. So I think one, I think my most shots I had was the, my last year there against Owen Sound. I had like 63 shots in a playoff game. Oh, good Lord. 60, 63. Wow. Some Ottawa Senators defense there. <laughs> well, I mean, their Owen Sound that year was was phenomenal. We were good too. We came back the next game and actually beat them one nothing. So nice. Um, yeah, it was it was that was a fun series just because we we were the underdogs for sure, and you know we battled hard. So, but it was it was fun. I mean, all, my whole all, my whole experience up there was awesome. So, so uh, you mentioned playing for the Afton Americans, and then as I said, you played for the AAA Blues later. That's a pretty common, I don't want to say common because not everybody can do it, but that is a path that I think many people would be looking to take, uh, play for, uh, you know, the Afton team, the Chesterfield team, and then move on to the AAA Blues. So, again, there's probably there's a chance that we've got a couple kids maybe doing that right now uh, and are listening to the show. What advice do you have for them who are maybe going through those programs now and are hopefuls uh, to be in the uh, AHL, NHL, or ECHL, or or rarely anywhere they can go to be professional hockey players? I would just say, you know, work hard, have fun, and especially that the have fun part. I know when I look back on my youth days, I wish I wouldn't have taken it so serious. Hmm. Um, you know, everybody thinks that it's the end of the world if, you know, you get cut from a AAA team or if you have a bad game playing AAA, but Know, like the 13 year old level or whatever age you're at, but it's, you know, it's looking back, I wish I would have just taken a little less serious and, you know, just enjoyed it a little bit more because the stress only adds on once you get to higher levels. And so I really wish that's, that'd be my advice. Just enjoy it, have fun, but also work hard if you want to keep going. But so uh, also you had uh kind of more uh, career advice uh, questions for you. Uh, you opted out of playing for the University of Wisconsin so you could play in Kitchener of the OHL. In hindsight, uh, do you think that was the right move for you? You know, I think it was, uh, especially in hindsight with all the medical issues I had. Um, just because I, I really believe I got the best medical care I could have or anybody could get for my situation. And I wouldn't have gotten that had I not been with the Blues under contract. Uh, I'd have been subject to whatever... You know, I could get at University of Wisconsin. I'm sure they have great medical care there, but I don't, I don't think it could beat what I got uh, being cared for by the Blues. So, I don't, I don't regret it for that. Um, and plus, like I said, I enjoyed my time in Kitchener, and I wouldn't have had that time had I gone to Wisconsin. So we mentioned you uh, kind of took part in some development camps and such, and I had already asked you off air uh, if you had met any of the current Blues players, and uh, you had mentioned uh, meeting Jordan Bennington and. I'm sure, again, there's a, a slew of other players uh, that you met. Um, you know, what was your experiences like uh, when you were in uh, some of the Blues' uh, events and programs? Uh, I mean, they're all great guys. I don't think, like, like you said, like character, you know, NHL's known for character and character guys and stand-up guys. And, um, you know, I think me being a nobody in that locker room and, you know, still guys would come up and small talk and, um, you know, kind of make me feel a little bit included. And, you know, even though they didn't really have to, I think it was just a good experience for me and I, you know, I felt comfortable and I enjoyed going to the rink every day and, you know, getting to talk to, talk to some of the guys and, you know, obviously, you know, they're big names and it's, it's also, it's really fun to get to meet some of them. And, um, so it's, it was a great experience being in that locker room when I could be. Any hazing going on for uh, guys like you? No, I don't No, I don't see any of the hazing and I probably would be below the radar for the hazing anyway. <laughs> probably got to play games to get hazed first. So. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I asked uh, Jordan Bennington specifically earlier because I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you saw him a couple of years ago and he was still a prospect himself. Um, and again, maybe these are just in development camps or whatever. But uh, uh, did you ever see anything in him to, to make you think that maybe he was going to have at least the start of the NHL career that he's had. I mean, uh, he kind of got forgotten, I think, by a lot of people. And then he came in and had the year he had in uh, 2018, 2019. Um, was there anything you saw in his game that would lead you to believe maybe that's the type of goalie he is? Um, no, yeah. I mean, I always saw him as really competitive and, and all that. But I, you know, to tell the truth, like I only really got to see him at, you know, 
the a couple blues, you know, the main camps, you know, so I, I really didn't get to see him play that often. I saw him play the AHL All-Star game, uh, I guess it was two years ago now, uh, whenever he was in the AHL All-Star game last, but I saw that on TV, but I, I, you know, I really didn't have much insight to that question, but, you know, that start is, is insane. You know, that was, yeah. that was special to watch and to win a cup, you know, the first time you really get your, your push into the NHL was, I don't think anybody was rooting against him. I think, you know, it was incredible to watch. That's yeah, I agree. I was to say about that. That was, it was nuts. Yep. No, it was. And, um, I'm sure your family and, and you, and you were all very excited with, uh, the results of the 2018, 2019 season. Yeah. How could you not be? I mean, it's, it was just, it's insane. It was awesome. Yep. No, it's great. Um, so yeah, I wanted to also, uh, ask you, cause we, we have a friend of the show, uh, runs an Oilers podcast who, uh, his claim to fame is he once accidentally checked Wayne Gretzky. Um, so do you have anything like that? Did you ever make a, maybe a breakaway save on, on a current NHL superstar or anything like that? Well, uh, I think probably not. I think my only claim to fame was, I was on the TSN top 10 plays getting scored on in a shootout, but, um, I don't know if that counts. I don't think it counts. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Um, it's a good question. I would say my claim to fame was I roomed with Austin Matthews at the program. There you um, go. As close as I got to a superstar. There you go. That's not so. bad. Well, you're a better goalie than Crenshaw. You can at least always say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you too. Uh, you mentioned that you're a student now at Maryville, as well as um, you know being the the coach for the goalies out there. Uh, you're working on your bachelor's degree. Uh, what are you studying? And um, after that, what's next for Luke Opilka? All right, I'm getting a degree in, in biology, and I, I hope to do something in medicine, but uh, I understand that's kind of a long road, and i got a long ways to go, but that's kind of where I'm aiming at at this point. No, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, 22 years old, right? Right. Yeah, you got a long way to go there. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Luke, this has been uh, awesome. I, I loved having you on, and, and this is something that when I heard about you retiring, um, I said, man, I'd like to get, get him on the show. I'm glad we were able to finally get this to work out um and i hope some people like to come out and check out the maryville hockey team um you guys again that have a great arena to play at and uh, i'm sure there's some great rivalry games that were the, with the uh missouri hockey teams as well as um anything in illinois you mentioned mckendry so uh if, if for anyone who wants to maybe get in touch with maybe you or the maryville team i know i'm kind of putting you on the spot here but uh uh, where people can maybe find the schedule for the Maryville team, anything you want to promote, um, go ahead and do that right now uh, before we close up shop. Yeah, if you can get in touch with, I'm sure I'll I'll send you the links or whatever. But uh, you know, there's definitely a channel. I think Jeff Crenshaw handles a lot of that as far as you know, season tickets, things like that, or John Hogan, obviously, or me, you know, whoever is on the coaching staff. I can I can send you those after the show. I don't have them on hand, but. Uh, yeah, just definitely get in touch. If not, I'm sure they have the schedules at the rink, and you should go check it out anyway. Yeah, that's right. I agree with that. Um, Luke, I, again, I really appreciate you coming on. Go Maryville Saints, I guess, is uh, how we'll end this interview. <laughs> go Maryville Saints, that's right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, again, I want to thank Luke for coming on. Uh, really fun talking to him, and I hope to have him on again in the future. And uh, anyone else from from any college, again, you know, I know I said before, that um, uh, if you would like to, if you're a semi-famous person, hey, that includes colleges. You want to come on and promote your program, we'd love to have you. Uh, so if you're listening or if you know somebody who uh, maybe is a head coach somewhere, we'd love to have you on the show. We got nothing but time to kill, right, uh, until the season comes back because it is coming back, okay? It is. Uh, Come on on. We'd love to have you. Uh, again, just follow us. Uh, find us over on any social media channel. Let's Go Blues Radio. You can also find me on Twitter at jponder94. Send me a message. Let me know if you'd like to uh, come on and have a little conversation. Love to have you. Again, we have nothing but time on our hands right now, right? Uh, hopefully, you're all staying sane. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, I want to go ahead and end this with letting you know how you can get in touch with everybody of the show. Uh, of course, the show Twitter is at LGB Radio. Kirk Price is at Kirk Price, Bill Days at Billy Blue Note, and as I already told you, uh, myself, Jeff Ponder, can be found at jponder94. We're also on all social media channels, uh, so make sure you find us on Instagram, Facebook, 
Friendster, MySpace. Uh, we're not on TikTok yet. Uh, I'm waiting for Kurt to allow me to record his uh, his sexy dance moves, but uh, he's he's still holding out on me on that. So I'll keep working on him though. That that'll be that'll be a good time. Uh, as far as our next show, stay tuned. Uh, again, we don't know exactly when the next show is going to be, how it's going to be recorded, what we're going to do. Uh, Kurt, Bill, and I have been kind of brainstorming ideas together all week. Um, so uh, there's a couple fun ideas that we're planning that could be really awesome. Some of it might involve beers in the NHL 94. We will see. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep shelling out shows for you every week. So make sure you listen. Um, but uh, as for now, that will conclude this episode. Everyone, uh, hope you're all safe. Hope you're all happy. And again, um, just uh, let's get through this together. Uh, we're all in this together. Everyone in the world right now. Um, so let's just uh, let's let's not fight on so- social media. I say that, of course. I know that uh, that's just going to happen anyway. But uh, but either way, uh, let's try and uh, show a little love towards each other, everybody. Uh, so. On behalf of Kurt Price and Jeff Ponder, I'm Bill Day. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. And of course, everybody, let's go Blues. Uh, The Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.